for James 3. I, uh, if you would, grab your outlines. We're going we're gonna to dive in here in just a second. I, I do want to say something. I don't, I don't do this that often, but um, this, past, this past Saturday, uh, Sunday, today and, and yesterday, I'm not sure exactly of the anniversary, but uh, Seth Lewis and Natalie, they've been married. Uh, they're in our church, and uh, Seth has battled um, sobriety, and uh, it, he just turned a year of sobriety as in yesterday or today. So would you uh, celebrate that? It's awesome. Oh, there you are, brother. Yeah, is it today or yesterday? What? Say it again. A week ago. All right, so we're, we're over a week. So, yeah, that's good. That's awesome. Very, very good. Um, I, uh, no, I got that text, and it was the best part of my, my day hearing that. Uh, I think it was Friday or whatever, but just grateful for it. Hey, I want to show you. Anybody have one of these? Some kind of toiletry bag. I don't know what you call it. Dop kit. I have no idea. Uh, I, I carry it with me to the gym. I carry it to me, with me when I travel. Don't make fun of me. Don't call me a woman. All right, I got to get all this stuff in here. That's important. How many of you guys have one of these? Let me see your hands, okay? Uh, guys, I'm sorry, as in, as in men, sorry. Let me see. Okay, some of you some of you don't put on nothing and you don't do nothing. That's okay, all right? So, but that's the deal. Here, I want to show you this. Um, there's a couple things in here that I want to show you. Um, this is interesting. The first one in particular is uh, my brush. I've had this brush since high school. I've washed it, all right? Take it easy. Don't judge. I mean, how do you think this, you know what I'm saying? Look at this, man. You know what I'm saying? I've had this thing over 20 years. This is older than some of you, all right? Shut up. Anyway, that, that's one. Uh, I also, in, in here, I have, uh, I have Old Spice Pure Sport because, uh, I, and I put it on right before I come in. I have this, I, I, you know, in the morning, I shower the old deal, and then I, right before I come in, I put it on one more time because I want a little D.O. so that way you don't smell the B.O., and that's important. I sweat a little bit. That's, uh, that's important. I also have, uh, I have this. I've had this since high school. I'm just kidding. I haven't. <laughs> wow. He loves that toothbrush. It's time for a new. But, I, you know, we get one every, every so often when you go to the dentist and that, that kind of stuff. Uh, I've got dental floss in here. I, uh, I have uh, mouthwash. Um, in fact, in my car, when I, right before I come in, I brush my teeth in the car before I come in. All right, this is just my morning. And I spit out there and I come in because I want fresh breath. And then I'll gargle with this because I don't want to walk up to somebody and go, Hey, welcome to Gateway. You know, they're like, glad to have you. You know, it's like that guy can preach, but his breath is kicking like Chuck Norris. I mean, it's just not good, you know. So, and, and then I've got this. And some of you may not know what this is. Uh, how many of you have one of these? This is a tongue scraper. Anybody have one of these? Used to have one of these? Let me, let me tell you about the tongue scraper. If you've never had a tongue scraper, you should get one because you have no idea what is on the top of your mouth. And if you've got a gag reflex like I do, it, it's, it's terrible at times. But when you run this across your tongue and you pull it down and then you look to see what's there, it is disgusting. It is so disgusting. You're like... You know, like, oh my gosh, it looks like nine years of something, coffee. I don't know what it is, but it's unbelievable. You should have one of these, right? You're, some of you are going, yeah, you should have one. You're spi- you're, you know, it's kicking like Jackie Chan. Anyway, but that, that, that whole deal, you need one of those. So anyway, I got other stuff in here, but here's the reality. I want to talk about the tongue today. James chapter 3 is where we're going to go. And there's some interesting facts about the tongue. I don't know if you know this or not. Did a little Googling. Uh, 70% of the tongue is made up of water. Okay, 20% of the tongue is made up of, of muscle, and 10% of the tongue is made up of fat. All right? Did you know this, that men's tongues are heavier than women's tongues? I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, men's tongues are about 70 grams. A woman's tongue is about 60 grams. 
Uh, women talk on an average of 25,000 words a day. Men, on average, speak about 15,000 words per day. Uh, 10,000 words difference between the two because we have 10 grams heavier of a tongue. That's the reason, ladies, we don't talk as much. I don't know if you knew that or not. That's the deal. That's the reason why. Anyway, uh, the reason when you go to the doctor and one of the first things that they do is the doctor asks you to show, you, sh- show them your tongue is because it is an indicator. They will look, depress it, look down into your throat. It is an indicator of in- internal issues that, that may be at play in the body. And James in particular today is going to look at James chapter 3 and talk about the tongue as an indicator of something, not internal sickness, but maybe even spiritual sickness in our life. Jesus said this in Matthew 15, 18, but the things that come out of a person's mouth comes from the heart. comes from the heart. And that defiles a person. Jesus is saying you are what you say. You are and I am what we say. One writer I read said, the tongue is your heart's megaphone or microphone. This chapter tells us that the tongue can bring life and encouragement and prayer and sharing truth and expressing love and building each other up. But the tongue can also be a devastating force. It can tear down, gossip against, thrash other people. Things that we say, things that we sing about, things that we talk about can be destructive to us personally, to other people, and also to God and our witness of Christ. It can bless And it can curse. And we will predominantly spend time in the first 10 verses of this chapter because I want us to spend some time and drill down into this thing that's 60 grams, 70 grams because it drives us. It's a reflection of who we are. And it gives us everybody else an understanding or a billboard for our faith. Here it is in your notes. The words that we speak communicate the faith that we have in Jesus. The words that we speak communicate the faith that we have in Jesus. I want to start off with this one for me. This is an interesting thing. I don't know if you caught this. When we began in James chapter 1, I'll, you can read it in your notes. I'll get to it in a second. Here's what's interesting. I'm not afraid of much in Scripture. I don't live in fear. You know, I, I, there's a healthy reverence and fear for God from that standpoint, but I don't have to shake and shimmer. Jesus has taken my place on the cross. I have freedom and access to God through Jesus. I can talk to him. I can be myself. I can go to him regardless of whether it's a good day or a bad day. This verse in particular that I'm going to talk about scares me. Scares me. And here it is in your notes. Teachers will be judged more strictly. Translation, myself, Scott Sterling, anyone who stands up here on this stage in front of you and communicates on the weekends should communicate not parts of the Bible, not the parts that they like, not the parts that are easy, not the parts that you like, but all the scriptures, the stuff that we don't like, the stuff that's not popular, the stuff that is anti-tolerance based, whatever makes you feel happy, whatever you, you think is right to you, whatever that looks like in culture, here's the deal. We have to teach it all. We have to teach all of this book, not part of it, not not a section of it. The Old and the New Testament, all Scripture is God-breathed. It's alive and active. It's the words of God. We have to talk about it. We have to teach it all. We have to bring it all. We live in a world where tolerance is our highest values. You know, you, you don't have a right to tell me what to do. I should have the right to do anything I want. Whatever feels right to me, I should do it. And, and you know what? Tolerance is a great idea unless you're a Christian. I have some thoughts and ideas as a Christ follower. I'd like to engage in this conversation. I'd like to share, weigh in lovingly and truthfully. And the reality is, you know this, tolerance 
It doesn't work that way. It's fine unless you're a Christian. That's the reality. And then all of a sudden, I just seem to think that the culture is not very tolerant of my beliefs, my thoughts, my understanding of Scripture. So as a teacher, regardless of the topic, whether it's money or sex or gender identity or marriage or decision-makings or belief on hot topic cultural issues, whatever it is, we have to share God's word. The only churches that will survive are the churches that will share God's word. Eventually, God will say, you know what? I will pull my hand of blessing and favor away, and I will give you no more because you've not been a good steward, faithful steward of my word and my truth. So in your notes, here it is. We either believe all of the Bible or we don't believe any of it. We don't get to cut and paste. We don't get to live in the passages that we like and, and, and you know, kind of avoid the ones that we don't like. We, we don't get to do any of that. God's word is not a buffet where we get to kind of choose the things that, that sound good and, and refuse the things that don't. Look at this verse, James 3, 1. It says, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. I'm obligated. And you know what? Not just me. You don't get off the hook on this either. If you teach our kids in Kids Quest, if you teach our students in TPX, if you uh, are part of Full Life Ministries where you go share God's word in the prisons every week, if you are a parent who's entrusted, been, been entrusted with some children and you're imparting truth, here's the deal. You will be judged more strictly. So understand this book. And weigh your words and bring all of that truth and all of God's love to the table. We believe this book. Someone asked me not too long ago, hey, are you guys kind of a Bible church? It's like, no. We are a Bible church. We believe this book. We submit our lives to this book. We believe that it's a gift from God to us because he wants us to know him and know how to live our lives more abundantly. We believe that in this book are the treasures of life, how to, how to live the best life. And it has, it has wisdom and, and advice and relevant truth for everything that's going on in our everyday lives. We believe this book. Question, do you? Do you? It's either God's word or it's not. And here's the deal. No one cares about my opinion and thought. You really don't. And I don't either. The question every week is, what does God say? What is his truth for us? It's either God's word and we take it as our authority or we don't. We have to know God's word. That's why we give you these 2020 bookmarks so that way you can spend some time in scripture, connect with God, get to know him more and more. And, and in fact, we've got journals out there so that you can, you can get today. They're $4, 3 for, for 10 bucks. We want you in the word. We want you to know God. And the way that you can know God is by knowing his word. It's available for you. Do you know his word? Let's dig into the rest, all right? This is, the rest kind of has a lot to say to all of us. Let's see what God has to say to us. Number one, in your notes, the importance of, of the tongue. James starts out by talking about the importance of the tongue. James 3, 2 says, we all stumble many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's a perfect man. Okay, did you catch that? If you can control this, you can be perfect. Able to keep his whole body in check. Wow. It's a huge, huge statement. And here's the deal. That's none of us. That's not a one of us in here. We're all in the same boat. 
most of us are like the rest of us, and the reality is we all struggle in this area. And here's the deal. You know what? I'm just going to say this. This is interesting. If you've never complained, you've never lied, you've never talked behind somebody's back, you've never had an instant of gossip, you've never cut anyone else down, you've never had profanity leave your lips, you can leave. You can head out today, enjoy your day, go beat everybody else to the restaurant, have a good afternoon. But the reality is, if you're honest, nobody's going anywhere, including me. James doesn't pull any punches in this chapter. He says, we all stumble, we all make mistakes. And then he says, if you can get your tongue in check, everything can look different in your life. Number two, the tongue is small but very powerful. Our mouths are very strong. Uh, Our words are very powerful. We've all heard this statement. Most of us, when we were kids, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Right? Is that true? Absolutely not. Words are painful destructive, sometimes even more difficult than physical pain. They sting. And the power of words, for good or bad, can shape us, can last a lifetime. It's true that words can take a second to come out of our mouths. You know what I mean? And then those words take years, maybe even decades, to heal from. Joseph Stoll, who's a pastor, talks about the weight of our words. He said this, and I quote, Recent studies tend to disprove the saying many of us grew up with, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Adults polled said that they had gotten over most of the physical pains of childhood, but many had never fully recovered from the hurtful words, names, and labels that had been placed on them. Physical wounds heal. Just look at the scars we all have. But verbal wounds frequently refuse to close, oozing pain and keeping us tender and vulnerable. We must be constantly aware that our words carry an impact. They affect our children, our students, our spouses, our friends, our neighbors, and our business associates. That's the theme of the book of James. And not just in this chapter either. James actually talks about the tongue multiple times in these five chapters in this book. He says this in James 1.19. I said this two weeks ago. He says this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And then in verse 26, it says this, Those who consider themselves religious yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Over in James 4, 1, it says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires of battle within you? Again, reflective back to what Jesus said. Out of the mouth, the heart speaks. James 4, 11, brothers and sisters, don't slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. And now in chapter 3, in these next 10 to 12 verses, he's going to talk about the importance of the tongue. Let's look at verses 3 through 8 together. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey, we can turn the whole animal Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world uh, of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and it itself is set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. James uses several metaphors here in this chapter to talk about the power of the tongue and the power of our words. He uses these three metaphors, a bit, a rudder, and a spark, right? 
I'm from Lexington, Kentucky. They'll show you a bit, right? A bit's pretty small in comparison to a horse. It goes in their mouth. If you've watched any races, Kentucky Derby, whatever, you saw American Pharaoh, all, all those, I mean, living in Lexington, there's all kinds of people who had horse farms. There were people who were horse veterinarians. You know, in Lexington, people are treated less uh, than horses there. I mean, they have amazing setups and stables and heated floors and air conditioning and vitamins. and It's unbelievable how horses are treated. And here's the deal. They are powerful, powerful animals. If you've ever been close, you've ever ridden one, you've ever just touched them, just muscle to no end. But here's the deal. You put a bit in their mouth, you control a horse. You can tell it where you want it to go. You can tell it to do what you want it to do. It will do what you want it to do. It's a small bit. Second thing is a rudder that controls a whole ship. Most of us have been on boats. Some of us have been on cruises. And the reality is a rudder is about 3% the size of a boat. 3%. But when it's in the water and a pilot decides he wants to make a turn, that little 3% can dictate the direction of that cruise ship. Number three, spark creates these raging fires or wildfires. I mean, whole cities have been burned. I lived in Seattle, heard the story in the history. If you heard about the Chicago fire back in the 1800s, I mean, like cities were devastated. Even today right now in the West and even the West Coast, the reality is there's, there's like hundreds and hundreds and thousands of acres being destroyed, trees, property, millions of dollars. Even people are losing their lives because of something that started with a little bitty spark. James is saying the same thing that happens with our tongues. The same thing, verse 6 says that the tongue is small, but man, it is destructive and deadly, power to devastate and destroy. He calls it a fire, a world of evil. Itself is set on fire by hell. Later in the verse, it talks about, uh, it talks about demons and, and, and all of those things. And the fact is the enemy uses our tongue to hurt the things that God wants to do in and through our lives. That's the reality. James also says the tongue is full of deadly poison and venom. And how many adults and, and, and kids, as, I, as I've just talked about the idea of how sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you, you've already thought, you already went back to a time when you were a kid with a parent who, who said some things that were hurtful, and, you, and you've carried them into your adult life even today. Or maybe they neglected to say the things that they needed to say to you, like, I love you, I'm proud of you, I believe in you. Words that bring life to people. And you didn't get those words. How many marriages have been destroyed because a spouse used words as a weapon? Verbal abuse and lies and broken promises. How many sports teams and businesses and even, even relationships, friendships have been torn apart because of deadly poison of other people's words? Yet, you don't have to believe in God or believe in Jesus to even know that that's true. That's just the reality in our world. It is an absolute that our words bring life and our words bring death. I need two more volunteers, all right? This is pretty simple. If you've ever done toothpaste, hopefully you have. We can do this. I need two quickly, all right? Yep, right here, right here. Yep, come on up. Will you come too, please? Okay. Come on up, come on up. Would you welcome them? Okay, tell me your name. Ainsley. What is it? Ainsley. Ainsley, okay. Tell Gavin. me. Gavin. Gavin and Ainsley. Okay, very good. Here's the deal, all right? You're going to your, you're gonna get toothpaste. You're going to go ahead and pop the lid, okay? All right, so go ahead and pop your lids. It's mint. You want to try it? No. Okay. It's good, I promise. All right, so here's the deal, all right? When I say go at the count of three, I want you squirting every, I want you to empty that toothpaste, okay. toothpaste tube of all the toothpaste, all right? So ready? Okay. Everybody together, we're going to count three, two, one, and then we're going to say go. Okay, ready? Here we go. Three, two, one, 
Go. Get it all out, all the way out from the, from the back to the top, right? Get it all out. You've got to get all the stuff out. Go back up. Get all that from the bottom. Let's see what we got here. Get it all out. Squeeze it all out. Come on. Come on. Now flatten it back out and then, and then squeeze it all out, okay? Got it? Getting it on your hands. Try that stuff. It's pretty good. All right, ready? How are we doing? Squeeze it until till there's nothing else coming out. Squeeze all of that out. Gavin, I think you got it. Is it it? I just about a tie. Give it up for both of them, would you? Good job. Now, second part of the challenge. We're going to go three, two, one. Then I want you to get all that toothpaste back in the tube. All right, ready? Here we go. Three. I'm just kidding. Would you thank them for helping me? Thank them for helping me. Good job, you guys. All right, grab a seat. Now, what's the point? What's the point of that? Here's the deal. Once our words have left our mouths, can't get it back in. You can't unring a bell. As much as you want to, as sorry as you are, uh, as, as willing as you are to ask for forgiveness, once the words leave your mouth and they hit somebody's ears, it's impactful. So here's the deal. James is saying, gateway, weigh your words. Filter your words. Ask God before you speak, hey, is this from you? Is this what I need to be saying? Does this honor you? Holy Spirit, speak through and to me so that I can be the person that you call me to be. Help me to be a person that that speaks only truth and truth in love and own the things in my life that I need to own by saying I'm sorry or please forgive me. Uh, God, help me to encourage others and not tear them down, not tear down our spouses or our kids or our parents or our friends, those that God puts in my path for me to love, to point them toward Jesus. May I not be afraid with my words, God. Give me courage to speak your words lovingly to people. James wraps this up by giving us a wake-up call. Number three in your notes, this is our wake-up call, and this is about to get hard. James 3, 9 and 10 says this. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the mouth, the same mouth, come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. You should probably underline all of that. This is where Jesus says, hey, do you kiss your mouth? Kiss your, kiss your mom with that mouth? Is that the way you talk? Is your mom happy with that? More than that, you worship God with that mouth? Is God honored by that mouth? Is that the same mouth you talk to God with? And all God's people said, ouch, right? It's convicting. It hurts. I want you to think about the songs that we sing, okay? We just sang two today, but I want to take you back to last week, all right? Some of you weren't here. That's okay. Just trust me. We sang the song, Give Me Faith. Give me faith to trust what you say, that you're good and your love is great. I'm broken inside. I give you my life. I may be weak, but your spirit's strong in me. My flesh may fail, but my God, you never will. And then we sang this song, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Then we sang only King forever. Our God, a firm foundation, our rock, the only solid ground. As nations rise and fall, kingdoms once strong now shaken, but we trust in your name, the name of Jesus. And then we sing, you are the only king forever. Our mighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only king forever, forevermore. 
You are victorious. And then we get in our car. We turn on our computers or we grab our iPod or iPhone playlist or we turn on Pandora and we sing all kinds of songs. We sing songs we don't even think about. We say words that we don't even, it doesn't even, it doesn't even register with us that these are songs that maybe God's not honored with. We sing Nicki Minaj, My Anaconda, Don't Want None Unless You Got Buns, Hun. That's what we sing. Selena Gomez has this new song coming out, Good For You. Gonna wear that dress, you like skin tight, do my hair up real nice, syncopate my skin to your heart beating because I want to look good for you. Later on it says, let me show you how proud I am to be yours. Leave this dress a mess on the floor and still look good for you. And here's this one. You don't know those two. You know this one. Megan Trainer's all about that bass. All about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. Come on, you know it. And what's the next line? I'm bringing booty back. I'm bringing booty back. Go ahead and tell, me, tell them skinny blanks. Hey, no, I'm not playing. I know, you're, I know, you're, I know you're, you think you're fat, but I'm here to tell you every inch of you is perfect from the bottom to the top. And, and then we say, yeah, mama, she told me not to worry about your size. She says that boys, they like a little more booty to hold at night. Booty, booty. And I go on. Maybe I didn't touch your genre. Maybe you go, oh, I like country music. I don't have time today, but I could, I could run through song after song after song after song. Think about your band in particular, the songs that we just kind of sing. We don't even realize its impact in our life. And we don't even realize that these are coming from lips that have been redeemed by a loving God who Jesus came and died for on a cross. We should guard our words. And here's the deal. It's not just students, okay? This is not me tackling our students. This is all of us. And let me also say this. I'm not anti-secular music either, okay? I think there's a lot of great secular music that speaks about God's truth out there. And you know what? There's some Christian music that isn't great music either. But the reality is we should filter those things. We should really think about the words that are being, being mentioned and spoken. And here, here's the deal. We have to think about the songs that are on our playlist, what's on the radio, with our TVs, I hope that you hold a control in your hand, especially if you're a guy, that when it's not appropriate, you change the channel. But with music, we just kind of cruise and we don't think about it. Arm up on top, doing our thing. We don't think about the words. Think about the words that we sing. Not just the melody, not just the beat, not just because it's popular. Think about those things. Now, if that wasn't convicting enough, okay, let's go toward the ways that our words hurt others and hurt God and aren't accurate billboards of a life that's being radically changed by the love of Jesus, all right? With our tongues, we praise our Lord and our Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in his likeness. Now, let me just say this. The most beautiful words, and we kind of sing this in the I Believe song, are these words. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, my Lord and Savior. And then we use the Lord's name in vain. Oh my God, OMG, Jesus Christ, G-D. It's a language that we use that we, we don't even think about that is actually a big deal to God. It's how we treat people. It's, it's you know, we talk about, that guy's a tool, he's a jerk, he's a blank, he's whatever. Or even ladies, we, we say things like, you know, hey, did you see her? 
looks pretty good. But she's had some work done, just saying. And we use the words just saying like it's permission to get away with what we just said, as if what we just said was okay, but it's not, it's not okay. You go to lunch today, and you, you rail on the waitress because your steak wasn't cooked exactly the way that you wanted it to, or you come unglued with somebody cut you off on tra- in, in traffic and you lose your mind. You, you, you tell off-color jokes or you laugh at off-color jokes or you cuss your spouse out, you yell at your kids, you're sarcastically critiquing those around you like it's your job, tearing other people down. Or you just don't tell the truth. You lie. And your lies hurt you and it hurts others and it erodes trust or or you're complaining all the time you're consistently negative you're like this eeyore person that no matter what happens jesus could be in front of you go yeah i wish it was warmer i mean whatever i mean you could just do that all the time or you talk you talk back to people you you talk behind people's back you you blog about somebody you just slap all your emotions and all your feelings on your facebook wall your twitter page and let me just say this again it's gossip It's hurtful, it's evil, it's sinful. James says this, 3, 9, and 10, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. And that hurts. And then he he says this, same mouth, same mouth, blessing, cursing. Same mouth, lift up, tear down, same mouth. Pray for, gossip about. Same mouth. Praise and worship this way. Horrible songs that, that, that take my heart in the wrong direction. Same mouth. James says, shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Then he goes on to say, with two visuals, some truth. James 3, 11 and 12. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? The answer, no. My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grape vine bear figs. Neither can a spring, a salt spring, produce fresh water. You know what? You can, go to your, you can go to your spigot in your kitchen all day long, and if you're looking for salt water, it will not happen. You can go to, uh, to Florida and go to an orange orchard, and you will not get apples. You can go to Washington State. I lived there for six years. You can go to all these apple orchards. You will not find an orange. Jesus says this. You can tell a lot about a person with this statement. You can tell a tree by its fruit. That's what James is saying. Which is it? Decide. Choose. Choose with your life who you will live for. Choose with your life who you believe. Choose with your life how you then will talk because of what God has done for you. James 15.8, I'm sorry, John 15.8 says, this is Jesus. This is to my Father's glory that you would bear much fruit. Here's the deal. You can nail a bunch of apples to a fence post. Doesn't make it an apple tree. Our words should reflect a heart that's been changed by a God who gave everything in his son Jesus. Gratitude, appreciation, truth, sometimes hard truth, in love, courageous truth, encouragement. God-honoring speech that gives Christ all the glory. Proverbs 18:21 says the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I've seen the power of the tongue bring death and life to a marriage relationship. I've seen the power of words that brought life or death to the soul of a child. I've seen 
The power of words bring life and death to a, a friendship or a relationship. I've seen the power of the tongue bring great destruction to the church. I've seen churches absolutely just fold under because people use their mouths in a disrespectful way. It fractured, it divided, there was no unity, it was ugly. The enemy won and sat back and went. as this church fell apart. Every one of us has felt the sting of someone else's words or their lack of words. Every one of us has felt that. And on the other side, all of us have been in a place where we've used this in a way that didn't bring glory to God, it didn't help somebody else, and it hurt our own witness for Christ. This is an area that we got to work on. This is an area that I need to work on. This is an area that we got to help each other. When life groups come back, we got to help ask the question, how are we doing with our speech? Asking believers in our life, people that we care about, people that we trust, asking our spouse, asking our kids, kids asking your parents, you know, how can we honor God better with the way that we talk? That's a good discussion for your kitchen table today. Let's, let's, let's work on some things together. Here's what's interesting. Um, Alec Mortier says this, the, the control of the tongue is more than evidence of a spiritual maturity. It is the means to spiritual maturity. And as we discipline our speech, we're able to grow in our walk with God and we look a lot more like Jesus. Let me close it down by saying this. In what areas of your life is the Holy Spirit revealing something that you need to work on as it relates to the words that you speak? What is it that you need to confess to God in these next few moments? Ask God for his forgiveness. What is it that you need to repent of? And, and to repent means, you know, I was going in this direction with my life, my words, my motives. And God's saying, no, 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 go this way. And now to rethink how you live, rethink how you talk, re, re, rethink your choices in your life and, and decisions. That's what repentance means. What is it for you that God's saying to you today? What is it? Because James, according to James, he says, listen, our faith is going to be known not just in what we do, but also in what we say. And so let's, let's ask, the, ask, ask the God of the universe who controls all things to help us get a handle on our tongues. And here's the other side. Maybe today, maybe before you leave, you need to say some words to somebody. I'm sorry, you don't know this about me. You didn't know that, that I said this, but I did say this. I need your forgiveness. Maybe you need to encourage somebody in here today. Maybe you need to pray for somebody today. Maybe you just need to tell somebody in this room or in your family or you need to make a call or something today and let somebody know how much they matter to you and how much they matter to God. Use our tongues, not just to, to stop the things that we shouldn't do, but, but to actually use our tongues in a way that forwards the message of Christ and our appreciation and value for other people. We're going to close this way. The worship team is going to come up. And uh, over the next 10 or so minutes, we're going to sing together. And here's what's interesting. You got one of these. You got one of these, uh, one of these, these little, if I can find it, there it is, one of these cards, okay? Here's what it is, all right? Let me tell you this. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond in multiple ways. The first way is this. Inside of this is, it's a card that says the power of words, and it's really, really cool. And it says on the inside, what is the Holy Spirit stirring in you about how you need to tame your tongue? Over the next couple of minutes, as the worship team leads us, I want you just to write down some things. This is for you. This is for you and God. This is not for somebody else. This is for you. God, what is this some areas that you are revealing to me that I need to work on? And then here's what I want you to do. Once you're done, close it, 
and then I want you to go to these tables, and, and on those tables are stickers, and basically it's a little sticker, and all you have to do is uh, put your address on the back side, and then put this sticker on. All you got to do is un- peel it, and then stick it like this, close it, so that way it's sealed, and then in two weeks we're going to send it to you, all right? Just because I think we need reminders. You could take it with you today, and that's fine, uh, but I think it would be more powerful if in two weeks we kind of go, yeah, let's take, a, let's take another look at that. So I want to challenge you to do that. Secondly, uh, there are communion tables all around us. This is an opportunity for us to reflect and remember what Jesus did for us on a cross. Long before there was a crucifixion, uh, there, was a, there was a table, and some disciples got together, and Jesus had been talking about how he was going to die, and now it was finally here, and he broke some bread, and he said, as we do this, I want you to remember my body that was broken for you. And then he takes a cup, and he says, this wine, this is a metaphor for my blood that's going to be shed on a cross for you. And in those words, he says some things. I love you. I forgive you. I'm enough for you. And I'm coming back for you. And in that, we rejoice. And in that, we have hope. And so to take communion is just a reminder of the gospel. And we all need that reminder. And here's the last thing is this. I'm going to sit. I'm going to sit right over here. All right? And uh, if you need prayer or if you've been wrestling with becoming a Christ follower or you've just never been baptized and you want to take that step, I'm just going gonna, gonna to take communion and I'm going to sit down. If that's you, you want to talk, uh, I'd love to talk with you. Uh, if there's more than one of you, then what, what we'll do is I'll grab somebody and we can sit down and just have this conversation during this time. Uh, Adam's going to lead us in worship. He's going to close us in prayer. We'll get out of here for the day and enjoy our day. So let me pray and then we'll do this, okay? Got it? We good? All right, let's pray. God, we love you. God, thank you for uh, your grace and your forgiveness. Thank you that you knew everything about us and you still came. Thank you for your truth that's found in your word that gives us understanding as to who you are, what you think about us, and what you were willing to do on a cross in our place for our sins, for the sins of our words, for the sins of our actions, for the sins of our motives. God, help us to know today that all can be forgiven, all can be redeemed, all can be restored, that you make beautiful things out of us. We rejoice in that today. We love you, and so speak to us during this time as we sing, as we write down some things, as we take communion, as we take these reminders that are open to all believers, that you came and you died and you rose again. And because of that, we worship you, we give our lives for you we live for you it's in your name the powerful name of Jesus that we pray and all God's people said Amen Amen.